Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Kylie Camps and welcome to the podcast. This space is dedicated entirely to making a difference in the lives of women. I believe we all have a right and a responsibility to truly live our best lives. It all begins with curiosity, changing our thinking and cultivating more self-love. Through thoughtful conversations and shared experiences, I really hope that you can take something away from this podcast. I'm a business owner, a speaker, a sleep consultant and mum of twin boys. I've also recently completed some training in the cognitive behavioral therapy space, and I'm super, super passionate about the ability that we all have to really improve our days. And ultimately, when we take ownership of improving our days, we're really improving our whole life. So let's get stuck into today's episode. Welcome to today's podcast. This episode is a conversation with Tabitha Fennell. Tabitha and I are discussing five very, very common core issues of relationship. There are things that I think all of you will be able to relate to, to some degree or another. Before I tell you a little bit about Tabitha and we dive into our conversation, I wanted to take a minute to let you know This episode is brought to you by my favorite skincare, Esme. I've been using Esme skincare exclusively for years now. And right now, during winter, my focus is definitely on hydration. I tend to have more of a dry skin type, so I'm always looking for products that really, really hydrate, plump and moisturize my skin. Esme have a range of products that can help with moisturizing and hydrating and all of that, but I think their most iconic product, the one that they are most known for, is their Hyaluronic Hydrating Serum. It is the little blue bottle of goodness. It's a blue serum that I'm sure you can see right now. If you have social media, you will know about this serum because it is everywhere. People swear by it. Even the other day in Coles, when I was checking out my groceries, the woman who was putting my groceries through said, oh, I've seen you work with Esme in the past. And she was singing Esme's praises as well. She was like, it is the best skincare I have ever, ever used. So people everywhere are raving about it. But back to the Hyaluronic Hydrating Serum, It is the first product of Esme's I ever used and I still use it every day, twice a day, most days. It is the ultimate skin hydrator. It's a quick absorbing hydrating serum that really does fight dehydration and plumps the skin. It helps to minimize lines and boosts radiance. It's perfect for all skin types and ages. This hyaluronic serum hydrates from the inside out. It restores, it repairs, and it just leaves you with that hydrated glow that we're all looking for. I know with each year older that I get, 
the hydration and the glow they are a priority for me because your skin does tend to kind of get a little more dull as you age. Um, So it's a big one for me. It's a big focus for me always is the hydration factor. And one of the things that I like about this serum is it doesn't feel like a typical moisturizer. It's not a heavy cream. It is very, very lightweight. And I believe that's why it's so versatile and it can be used for most skin types because it's really fast drying. It doesn't leave your skin feeling um, that thick film that sometimes a heavy moisturizer can have. Your skin absorbs it. It actually just like drinks it. I'm always saying it's a big glass of water for your face. So that is the Hyaluronic Hydrating Serum from Esme. That's one of my top picks for winter. I also am obsessed with their 24 karat gold nourishing oil. I speak about that all the time. That is my luxury skin oil and it really does give you a glow. With Esme products, definitely jump over to their website and take advantage of their amazing customer care team. You can chat with a skincare specialist who will be able to help you pick the right products for your skin this winter so that you can really look after yourself. I have a discount code for the Esme range, which is Kylie15, all in capitals. So take advantage of that. That code does expire on the 25th of July. So that code again is Kylie15, all in capitals. Check out the Hyaluronic Hydrating Serum, the little famous blue bottle of goodness, which is such an amazing investment for your skin. You will notice a difference with that, I'm sure. That code Kylie15 expires on the 25th of July, so be quick. Now, let's chat about today's episode. So the focus really is on navigating relationships, and we're talking about five core areas or issues or themes even, you could call it, that are continually presenting themselves in relationships. If you have been listening to the podcast for a while, you will have likely heard from Tabitha Fennell here before. She has shared some of her favorite ways to find fun. She's spoken about dreams here. She's one of those guests that I just love connecting with. I love seeing her in real life. I'm actually off to see her very soon for some acupuncture. She is an acupuncturist based on the Gold Coast. She's a facilitator. She has a podcast with her husband, Brad. She's just an all-round wonderful human. So let's get stuck into our chat about navigating relationship issues. Tabitha, thank you so much for making time yet again to come back on the podcast and have this chat with me. Yay, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Kylie. I always love speaking with you. And before I hit record, I was just saying to you, when you sent through this suggestion, these topics to discuss today, Yes. To each and every one. I was like, yes, 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 yes. Like these are all such big, important themes that so many people are, you know, continually working on in their relationships. So I'm excited to explore this topic with you. Yeah, it's it's just what relationships need, you know, the you've got to cultivate your relationship. And I'm hoping today that, yeah, these little five topics will give everyone some oh, thought of, well, I'll give that a go. I'll try that out. And, you know, some will work for some people and, and others won't. So you just take what works for you in your relationship. But I think it's it's always important to have some support around relationships. 
Oh, absolutely. And the first point that came through is about women seeing potential in their partner and yes. why our, I guess, our attachment to the potential of what could be or what someone could be might in fact keep us in a relationship a little bit too long. Yeah, exactly. And women have got this amazing ability for seeing potential in their children, in their partners, in their people they work with. It's like a superpower, you know? It's it's a really mm-hmm. positive, amazing thing for women to have. But then there's the but. If you get stuck, because we see this potential, you know, when you first meet someone or you're getting to know someone, you see something in them that it's like, oh, wow, this person's a really good communicator. And you fall in love with that. You see the potential that that is going to be the core essence of your relationship. And then as it goes along and you start to sort of get to know them, it's like, where's that communication gone? I'm sure when I first saw you, you were a great communicator um, or big hearted or funny, but you have seen something in them that is in them and may be able to be worked on and evolved, but it also maybe they're not ready to be that amazing communicator that you saw or to be big-hearted or funny or whatever that little thing that you went, oh, my goodness, this guy or this person has got so much potential around being this for me. So. It's a tricky one, isn't it, Tabitha? Because when you meet someone, you're taking the information that you have at hand and you're kind of filling in the gaps and almost forecasting what they're going to be like or how they could be. Like you can see it. It's all there. They've got the tools. They've got the ability. And you might just fall in love with the potential or the parts that you're filling in more so than the actual parts that are being presented in reality. Totally. Yep. And that's a really tricky thing to, you know, it puts pressure on the person as well. Um, but it also can let you down and that they're not ready to be that person that you actually think they are. And then we get, but because you see that potential, we keep trying to draw it out of them and it just doesn't work. Um, sometimes it does. Sometimes you can, you can support that person and they will evolve with you. Other times it's like potential keeps us trapped so be aware in all relationships really if you and it's like a dreaming up process you're seeing that person you're going oh that's what they're like but in fact you know they might not be so um it's a good to suss out and see where you sit in that relationship are you putting their potential to to the front of who they really are yes and i guess my next logical question is how do people actually know whether or not they're falling for the potential or they're falling for the person? Because I think, and I'm just going off my own experience, there can be a symmetry in a relationship where you are pulling someone forward a little bit. And that is part of the magic of the relationship. It's like you're pulling something out in them and, you know, you're walking a couple of steps ahead of them and then they're catching up and it's good for everyone. But how do you actually know when, okay, I need to look at, you know, what the facts are and go, okay, I now need to believe what this person is telling me over believing the potential. Exactly. And I think it's, it does take a little bit of time getting to know them, but you have to be really curious and watch their signals to go, ah, 
how he's not a, he's not communicating here or she's not communicating here. I thought you were a good communicator. There's certain, you know, as you get to know a person intuitively, us women are so good at that, and some men are too, definitely, um, you will know whether, ah, this is not feeling right. You know, why aren't they communicating to me in the way I thought they were going to be such a great communicator. So I think it's up to us and our awareness to be curious around that and to actually take it on board for you to do the work, to be out looking at at the relationship, which is hard if it's a first relationship because, mm. you know, there's love there and there's a great feeling, there's endorphins. Um, but I think it's put your awareness cap on and just be that curious person to go, is this really true about them? Does that, you know, it is the communication really there or is the him the generous heart really there all the time so i think it's up to us to to be more curious and not so blinded to the potential mm, so leaning more towards our objective mind versus that yes. you know when it's a new relationship there's limerence you're in that limerence stage of all of the endorphins and you're getting that kind of yes. you know massive dopamine and serotonin rush and all of the good things so it yes. makes it harder to be objective whereas I guess when you're in a longer term relationship some of that limerence has died off so maybe you are more likely to be objective once that phase has kind of moved on totally exactly and also when you find that oh that person isn't you know so good at what I thought their potential was sometimes in relationship it's actually you've seen something in them that you need to bring into the relationship so we kind of projected onto them that oh they're going to be the great communicator they're going to be the big open-hearted person or the funny person and if that doesn't start to happen sometimes with relationships if you uh, play with the roles a little bit and go, okay, well, I'm going to pick that really good communicator up. Sometimes that can help evolve the relationship as well. And it's all inner work. So if you can pick up those parts of you that um, often we're attracted to parts of ourselves that we haven't quite learnt about yet in our, in our other partner or in the people we meet. So uh, once again, it's an inner work exercise to go, okay, I'm going to pick up that part. They're not picking it up. Let's see if that changes the relationship. And what are some signs, I guess, that maybe you're more invested in the potential and not being as objective? Is that when you need to sort of be aware of going, okay, I'm starting to feel frustrated or I can feel resentment growing? Like yes. I imagine that resentment is the telltale sign really of it so is. many relationship issues. Definitely. Yep. Frustration, resentment, you know, you might feel a little bit sad or you don't feel supported. There's a disappointment there. So I think it's it's kind of what we call in process orientated psychology, negative feedback. So if you're feeling like, ah, this isn't going where I thought it was going, then there's your key. And this kind of feeds into one of the other points that you mentioned, which is going to be a big one because I've spoken about this on social media and every time I speak about it, I'm inundated with messages saying, say more, explain, unpack, or just women saying, yes, yes, yes. I so connect to this. Okay. And that point is the over-mothering. And the reason I kind of connect that with the potential is if yes. you're in love with the potential of someone, you're likely 
in my opinion, to be prone to trying to mother them, bring them forward, bring out a different side to them versus actually not really meeting them where they truly are. And when we're mothering our partner, automatically that's that's got to be an intimacy killer. Totally. Because if you're with a man, it's like you turn them into a little boy. So they don't feel empowered to be the man of your life. And it's also you're in that mothering role where you're not really wanting to get juicy with a a young man or or a boy, are we? So you're not doing yourself any favours by, yeah, doing the whole over-mothering thing. And once again, it builds resentment too when, you you know, it, it starts off that in relation you start to do certain things for them and then they sort of go oh great you're doing the cooking you're doing the cleaning or you're picking up my socks every time I drop them on the floor Um, you're telling me how amazing I am oh great you've got it all covered I don't have to do any of that so then they start to sort of sit back and just carry on with what they're doing where you're running around giving so much to them so that over mothering it doesn't help the relationship in the bedroom it doesn't help with resentment it doesn't help the growth of the relationship um and i think with if you do feel like you're over mothering your man or your woman just back off it's role theory if you stop over mothering they'll pick the mothering role up a little bit so then they'll give some juice and love back to you or they'll start to pick their clothes up because oh my god they're on the floor you know the maid's not picking it up this time so yeah it's role theory over mothering play with it don't get stuck in it and when you start to feel cranky about they're you know not cooking dinner or they're not doing something that you usually do um check in with yourself and and have a conversation clear communication that's Mm. what they needed and I think just on that term over mothering, it will probably be useful for people listening who aren't familiar with this concept to kind of unpack that a little bit. I yeah. tend to use the term micromanaging because I yes. have experienced that in my own life yep. as someone who has twins and, you know, a relationship when they were young and things like that, noticing myself micromanaging and seeing in real time the disastrous effects that it does have on your relationship because I use the term micromanaging because that's what it feels like. It's like when you're parenting your partner and you're telling them how to do everything because you have self-appointed that you are the captain of this ship. And it happens so much in motherhood because, you know, and I'm speaking very, um, you know, very general here. um, But often say a woman is staying at home with the kids, she's doing the lion's share of raising the young youngest children it can kind of make us hard. We become the taskmasters. We're in charge. We know best. And we carry all of this mental and physical load. And then we start delegating and micromanaging and telling our partner how to show up. And that's what this over-mothering really is. Definitely. It, yeah, you're spot on there, Kylie. And it, it shuts your partner down. And, you know, I experienced that in my relationship with Brad when the boys were younger and he'd go to go, okay, I'm taking the boys out. And I'd be there going, oh, have you got this? Are you doing that? And, you know, they like to do this. And it's like he just looked at me and went, Tab, I've got it. It's okay. You go off and, and it do comes. 
it comes from a good place. This it is does. The thing. And I, I've said this before on socials as well. I think I even have a video on it where I have said it comes from a place of love and wanting oh the best. And yes. that's why it's so hard to stop. And sometimes yeah. you might not be able to stop 100%, but at least if you're aware of it and you can bite your tongue every second or third time, you know, exactly. that's a step in the right direction. Exactly. And you know what, Kylie? It's also women are so full of estrogen and or estrogen, however you want to say it, and it's the love hormone. So we've got that, you know, streaming through our body 24-7 and giving love and supporting and doing things for others is our natural way of being and that's what you know gives us those endorphin hits and makes us feel good so when you stop to start to stop over mothering sometimes it can feel a bit barren as well but then you've got to turn it around to go well actually I'm going to put some more time into me where's my creative outlet where can I you know empower myself and and put love into you back into you again Yes, and here lies a contradiction that I think a lot of people, like I think it is worth at least filing it in the food for thought kind of category of your brain where mothering often feels like this beautiful feminine concept, but in reality it often pushes us more towards our masculine side because we do become that self-appointed taskmaster, keeper of all things, micromanager. So that hardens us. Yet again, that stops the polarity between you and your partner potentially, or it affects the polarity at least. Yes. Um, so it's all of these things of going, it feels like it should make me softer, but often it's making you harder. And the thing that will make you softer is pulling back on the mothering. It totally. And also what is mothering? If you think of a mother, a mother goddess, it's she will be sitting back and just full of love and voluptuousness. Um, so in our mind, where has mothering gone? You know, it's gone, like you said, to that taskmaster, but really that's not the mothering. It's the love and it's the cuddles and it's the, but unfortunately with life, we do have that area where we've got to get the kids to school. We've got to get the bags packed. So over mothering, what is it for you? How are you over mothering? And where can you step back and pull back that mothering into a more um, heartfelt state for yourself? And I think two of the unlocks there that are worth touching on, one is if you are able to pull back, you might not be able to do it 100%, like I said. Maybe it's just a step in the right direction of biting your tongue every second or third time. But that's going to open up more polarity and connection with your significant other. But the other part of that is also... I think it's important to really understand there is so much value for kids in mm-hmm. having things done a different way. Oh my goodness, totally. Yes. Yes. Like it's important that dad does things or yes. mum does things or aunties and the school teachers do things a yep. little bit differently because it's going to build resilience, it's going to build character. It's yep. actually setting your kids up for the real world versus raising them in a vacuum. It, totally exactly and then you know when diversity does come in they can just flow with it because it's like oh yeah mum does it this way dad does it this way hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Artie teachers do it this way. And it's so true, Kylie. Yeah. So when you're saying to your partner, make sure you've got their hat or make sure you've got their drink bottle, letting them actually just go without it and going, you know what? If they yeah. don't have the drink bottle, they'll buy a bottle of water. They'll stop at a bubbler. They'll figure that shit out and it will be okay. Exactly. And then we need to focus back on us. Okay, the kid's gone, the husband's gone. What do I need within me to fill this whoever I am? Really take that opportunity, you know, if you have the time, if you're not running off to work or whatever, but just to sink into, okay, this is my time. Forget the cleaning up, forget the doing. You know, it might just be going off and laying down in bed or having a cup of tea, but to sink back into who you are as that loving mother. Definitely. And it's just going to be a practice. It's, it's not practice. the sort of thing that you're like, I flick the switch and I've got it sorted. It's a continual practice. Yes. And I've got a 17-year-old and a nearly 19-year-old and, oh, my gosh, it has been the <laughs> biggest download of stop over-mothering, Tabitha. Like, they've been, for the last probably three years they've just been on to me and they're very vocal, they're very aware and they're just like, Mum, you got to stop it. We're fine, you know. And the other day they were packing up to go camping, um, four-wheel driving, terrifying, but anyway. Um, and I was just saying, you got this, it's going to be cold out there. And they just both looked at each other with the rolling of the eye. <laughs> you just back away. So I went, yep, okay. And I went and got on my pottery wheel because I thought if I'm going to be hovering around, it's not It's not right. It's their journey. It's their excitement. I'm just making it work. <laughs> so right. it doesn't so- stop. yeah just awareness continual practice and awareness it it is it is and catching yourself and going okay got to go and occupy myself and clay is my muse at the moment so yeah nice now another point that you mentioned in your notes was surrounding low and high dreams in relationship and I guess what they are and why it's so important to have an understanding and awareness of this concept Totally. Yeah. In process oriented psychology, we have the low dream and the high dream of relationships. Um, so the high dream would be going back to the, the communicator. He's a really amazing communicator. Oh my gosh. He can just knows what I'm going to say and we can communicate and talk about everything where the low dream is like, you know what? He's not so good at communicating and I can get little bits out of him here and there. But if I really want to talk deeply, I've got to go and talk to someone else. So that's your low dream. That's your high dream. And that can be around anything. You can, I think it's a really good idea to um, look at your friendships, look at your family and see where they fit. Are they in your high dream? Because it's your high dream. You're projecting what you think they are, where maybe they're not. Maybe they're more in the lower dream. So if you can look at your relationship with those eyes and I, I say to a lot of my coaching clients you know if if the lower dream is this this and this how do you feel how does it how does it make you feel what sort of a woman are you in that lower dream within that relationship and if three years down the track nothing has changed are you going to be okay with that 
So, so if I'm understanding correctly, Tabitha, and I could be off here, but what yes. I'm hearing is it's really about owning your own needs and yes. kind of quantifying those needs in the terms of going, okay, this is the base level how will I feel if I accept this as the base level versus this is the ultimate, how will I feel if this is my reality? Yes, exactly. You've got okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And if you're That's sick, an important one. It is. And with especially with, you know, not just your your husband or lover, but people around you to go, ah, that person isn't very generous. That's right. I remember that. So if you put them in that sort of lower dream with the, yeah, they've got a bit of a closed down heart. They don't like to give of themselves. And so then you don't actually get upset when they don't come up with being big hearted and generous. But then if they do become a little bit generous, you go, oh yeah, wow, look at that. They're growing. So it can be a really, sometimes being in the lower dream around people is a good thing because then you don't get upset or hurt or take things personally when you know that they just can't actually give you what you think they could give in that higher dream. So it's kind of keeping your expectations more um, realistic. Totally. Yes. And centered around your own needs versus looking out at someone else to meet those that's right yep totally makes total sense and that I guess is related as well to what you were talking about in the first point about falling in love with potential so often we're always looking out and going I'm really looking for my partner to make me um uh whatever it is think more deeply or to be more educated or to have more fun Yes. But in actual fact, we're far better off to go and be those things yes. that we're looking for them to bring to us. Exactly. Because then we're meeting our own needs. Totally. And you just don't know what Taking that... notes. <laughs> exactly. And you just don't know how that'll inspire them when you become that person that you actually saw in them in the first place. It's so interesting. And I often think that when you do become that person you call in an energetic match for that. So that energetic match, like you said, it might be in your existing partner. It like levels them up and they bring that to the surface. Or if yes. you're single, that's what you'll likely attract. It totally, yep. Love Interesting. it. Interesting. Next up, oh, this is a big one, the inner critic. Oh, yes, it's juicy. It's juicy. Look, the inner critic, we've all got them and they're on, you know, many different levels. But I think the most important thing about the, the inner critic is that it's part of your psyche. It's probably been implanted there from childhood or teachers or family or events that have happened to you. Um, but a lot of people are out there and they've got this critter on the shoulder that's putting them down or telling them, you know, they're whatever, useless or not good looking or no good at doing certain things. I think the most important thing with the critic is to actually acknowledge it. A lot of people try and push it away or ignore it or send it loving thoughts. Often that just makes the critic bash harder on the door um, and say more horrible things. So um, understanding that you need to know who that critic is. Be curious about that critic. Don't actually let it run your life by it allowing to, you know, put you down or tell you what you actually are not anymore. So um, 
yeah, get to know the critic. And then I love to do in my coaching sessions with people, we sit on a, two different chairs and we put the critic on one and them on the other and we do a bit of role play. So if anyone's got something that's nagging them that's been there for a while, um, ask the critic questions. You'll probably only get three or four, if you ask them three or four questions, usually they've got nothing much to say back to you. It's just one silly hammering, oh, you're no good at talking on podcasts, Tabitha. And then I go, oh, really? Oh, tell me about that. And you get this dialogue. And usually if you're very, you know, um, congruent with, actually, I'm really good at talking on podcasts, bam, it shuts them down. It's just challenging that critic, isn't it? It is. And there's some critics that are really nasty and consistent persistent and you actually don't even want to dialogue with them because they really how often how if you dialogue with them they're just going to keep hammering you they're the sort of critics you need to get therapy or coaching with um and it's a really good idea to get to the bottom of those um critics but then there's other critics that are actually they're quite worried for you so they're the, if when you have a dialogue with a, that sort of a critic you, you can actually see that they're like oh i'm just worried that you know you're going to fall down and you're going to feel bad about yourself and then you can go well actually you know I've got this you don't need to worry anymore you can just sit over there come over here actually sit with me I've got this you don't need to be throwing things at me anymore I'm really I'm just I've got this so there's a real spectrum isn't there when it comes to that inner dialogue that we all have running at different times and I like the visual of going okay there's a critic on my shoulder and I've heard um, the wonderful Esther Perel describe it as like a goblin on your shoulder (laughs) Um, which I think is just such such a good visual because it's like oh yes it's something unattractive that sat there on my shoulder trying to kind of persuade me Um, but it is a spectrum because sometimes as you said that inner dialogue that voice is there to keep us safe its job is to you know sort of remind us of certain things that we might be overlooking but how do we know if the inner critic voice is helping us or how do we know if it's not even really ours to begin with you know such as perhaps it was a belief that was implanted imprinted in us at a really young age but we've carried it with us for 20 30 40 50 years how do we start to sort of disentangle it does it come back to just having that dialogue with it 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 does Kylie and to really know what who that character is if you can actually sit there and and do the role play and actually embody it within yourself you become the critic so really feel how does the how when i'm in that critic how does my body feel oh it's old oh it's really grumpy you know get to know the critic and then you might go oh my god this is what some my auntie said when i was you know 8 years old or something or this is what my teacher said in year 11 embody that critic know it really well and then it starts to actually it's like the spooky uh when you think you've got a you know a monster under your bed if you're looking underneath it or you imagine it it it's not so scary anymore so your biggest thing you can do with the critic work is get to know the critic 
unless it's a really, really nasty one, then, like I said, you go and get help with that one. So doing, like you said, the role plays, um, but embody it in your own body, feel, and then you can feel, ah, this one's just a nasty one, or ah, this one's actually a little bit afraid for me. This one actually wants to help me. So that's how you can kind of get the diagnosis of, is this, you know, coming at me for help or is it just coming at me because it's an old piece of my psyche that doesn't really serve me anymore it's a little bit like shame and how Brene Brown always says that if you kind of keep looking away from shame it kind of gets bigger and uglier whereas if you just look at it for what it is you can kind of start to work through it and dissolve it a little bit you got it totally how how does the inner critic or the little goblin on our shoulders impact our relationship though Well, a lot of the time, you know, if that critic gets triggered by your partner, then it impacts because sometimes a partner might say, oh, you're going to wear those shoes and your critic. All of a sudden back to being a four-year-old who can't do anything right. Right. That yeah. up and goes, oh, what do you mean? They're great shoes. Oh my God, I can't wear those shoes. Oh, he's so horrible, you know, or whatever. So it'll trigger things in you. Good to be mindful of, of your own and also the fact that your partner will have an inner critic too. It, totally, exactly. And that's um, also when that happens is to not to realise that it is an inner critic and then you cannot take it so personally from, you know, and cause a fight with your partner because, oh, my God, you just said that about my shoes where really it's the critic that's just hammered you and they've just said it out of whatever but not out of malice or anything like that. Mm, so powerful. Now... Yeah. Number five, understanding flirts and why we need to understand flirts. So can you unpack that one for me? Totally, I can. Yeah, flirts, it's it's just a uh, word to say things that um, catch your attention. So in people, you might be walking down the street and this lady walks past and it was the way she smiled at you and her, the way she walked, it caught your attention. So whatever catches your attention, and if it keeps coming up in different people but it's the same energy, usually that flirt is something that you need to embody within yourself. And unfortunately with um, affairs, what can happen is we're not getting something that we we want from our partner but then we start to see it in other people and so we follow that and we go oh there's that happy Brewster guy and oh my goodness he's you know he's a bit sexy and he's laughing with me and it's catching your attention you're not sort of getting that in your own relationship so back to sorry I was just going to interject and say and back to filling in the gaps you're taking a little information that you might know about this person that's right if you know if you're sort of caught up in an affair you're you're taking the little bits of information and filling them in with potential exactly yes that's also connected (laughs) it's also connected isn't it yeah Mm -hmm. so with that sort of scenario then you've got to go "Ah, I'm attracted to him 
and it's this because I'm attracted. This is what I'm attracted. He's funny. He makes me laugh. Then you look back at your relationship and go, "Mm, yeah, that's been missing from my relationship a bit. So with that flirt, you go, okay, now it's up to me because really I love this person over here and I don't actually want to leave. Sometimes, yes, you do want to leave and you go with that person. That's great. But if you just want to sort of flesh it out a little bit to go, do I really need to go and, you know, go with that guy who's funny and laughs a lot or can I actually bring that energy back into my relationship and see if I can rejuvenate and bring some fun and laughter or whatever the flirt is that you keep that keeps appearing in your life that's missing within your relationship. If and that... ultimately it sounds like it it goes a couple of layers deep there. I mean, like everything when it comes to relationship, nothing's as it seems. But in terms of going, okay, I'm noticing this flirt. I'm, you know, the universe, God, even if it's the beta Meinhof frequency illusion, for some reason you're noticing this thing more and more and more. So yes. then it's an, it's an opportunity. It's an invitation to go, okay, fork in the road. I can explore this flirt one way. Or I can acknowledge it's missing from my relationship. And then the layer down from that is this is missing from my relationship. The next layer is that means it's on me to bring it back to the relationship. You got it, girl. Amazing. Totally. She's got it it at 34. Yay! Well, you know, and it and it's it tests us. It keeps coming up, you know. Oh, um, totally. I was saying that tongue in cheek because I know that at forty four, I'll be like, God, I had no idea what I was doing at thirty four. <laughs> totally. Oh my God. So true. It's so true. And you know, and with the flirts that you see, it might just be the smile of someone, or it could be um, nature. Nature gives me lots of flirts. You know, it's the glimmering of the sun on the leaves, and so. It's a beautiful practice to instead of just sort of going, oh, yeah, nice leaves, yep, I saw that glimmer, keep on going with my life, to actually sink into that experience for, you know, two seconds and go, ah, light, glimmering, wow, breathe that into my body. How does that make me feel? What do I need from that glimmer and that light? Oh, yeah, I was feeling a bit flat today. I need to go and put some yellow on or I need to actually go out into the sun. So flirts are there to actually remind us, what may be missing in our lives on a, an inner world as well. So true. And just as you were speaking then, it was sort of reminding me, well, not reminding me because I know this about you, but every interaction I have with you, Tabitha, I'm always left going, you're so joyful, you're so in the moment, you're so aware of what you need. Yes. How do you do that every day? <laughs> like how like what is the key to being like oh my gosh the glimmer on those leaves because I feel like so many women will be like oh I want to experience that level of joy like yes where do people begin yeah just just begin Kylie it's it's my practice it's my every day I see flirts and I just can't help but stop and look at that flirt and find out what the essence is is within my body and what I need. And that keeps me on my path. You know, um, so it's a practice. I practice it. It's like my mantra. It's like my, I don't let flirts um, 
disappear, especially if they, well, if I do let them disappear, they manifest even bigger. So it's good to pick up the flirts because sometimes flirts can seem negative. Like you might keep bumping into, I don't know, some grumpy road raging person. So it's an interesting thing to, instead of just projecting it onto, oh yeah, they're grumpy and there's horrible people out there to go, okay, where maybe am I a little bit grumpy? Or actually, where do I need to assert myself more and put myself first go into that grumpiness of the the road rage person um and usually the essence is well it's different for everyone but if you can sit with it for a minute and just go "Mm, okay that feels in my body like I need to stand up for myself that person's actually really good at standing up for themselves so it's inner work I'm I'm a junkie for growth. I'm a junkie for inner work and I'm always I love process work because it is such a big tool of following your inner process to yeah, bring you joy and happiness and know that you're on the road of of who you are as a human being. It just it comes through so strongly that you do engage with so many things in life as invitations, like an invitation to explore what this means for you. Yep, totally. And that makes life joyous, you know? <laughs> yeah, it does. And and that's what I wanted to give your people today is just some little tools to go, oh, I can see it a different way. I don't have to take it personally. I can move and flow and that relationships is a dance and it's a cultivation of who you are and who you are in with your partner. So don't be ever shy to not try things and you get it wrong and sometimes flirts, you know, at times I go, oh, God, another flirt. I don't want to work with that, you know, but then it comes up again and I'm like, oh, okay, okay, I'll go into that. I'll find the essence. And when you find the essence of it, that's what brings the jewels and the juice back into your life. Well, there's that old saying, the feather brick truck. So notice it, you know, notice that flirt when it's a feather before it gets to a brick, before it gets to a truck and it steamrolls you. That's right. And that's what's really important in relationships. If there's something missing early in the relationship, pick it up because it'll manifest and get bigger and the flirts and then someone coming along um, to embody that that you're looking for. So, yeah. All such amazing um, concepts and food for thought that you've shared with us today. Where can our listeners hear more from you? Because I know they're going to want to. Yeah, we've got a podcast which is called My Husband and I, Brad. Uh, It's called Turn On The Podcast and it's all about turning your life on, turning your relationship on, your career, your parenting Um, and we give lots of tips and um, uh, theory and talking and uh, just what we've done today, uh, flesh it out of what we've learnt that has helped our relationship. So you can catch us there for our podcast. Um, Studio Chi is on the Gold Coast in Burley where we do acupuncture and our coaching. Um, We do our coaching online as well, but also within the clinic. Um, So, yeah, that's at studiochi.com.au. Perfect. I will pop all of those details and your social handles in the show notes as well so that people can jump over and have more of you. Yay. Thank you so much. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much, Tabitha. Anytime. Awesome talking. Bye. Bye. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 